Hey, my name is Bernadette Henry, and I am a mental health and an emotional wellness coach for busy working moms. And today, I want to talk about my story of depression and suicide. And I made a post about this on Instagram and Facebook the other day, and it was just a part of my story that I may vaguely talk about or... um, I've never maybe put it on such a platform as this in a thought-provoking way that uh, gained the response that it did. And it was just interesting. It was, I guess, in a sense, liberating and for some and then empowering for others because now people see a whole different side. And maybe based on what they see, they wouldn't think that this was something that I went through. So um, I'm just going to give a snippet about it. I can do like countless episodes on different factors and how I got over it. But this is just um, an overview of uh, what happened and what I went through the process and how I overcame. Okay. And like I said, this is not really something that I can do in one podcast setting, but this is just a general overview and based on, you know, your questions or other pieces of content that I come up with, I can definitely go into other areas. So I remember I, I put this post out about me, uh, almost committing suicide back in 2001. However, I can remember a time before that, even before that, where I um, made another attempt. But to me at that time, it wasn't an, wasn't an attempt. But thinking back on it, okay, it could have been an attempt. So I remember back in 1998, I had my first pregnancy as well as my first miscarriage. And I remember I took like so many pills, you know, and this was back when I was about 19 years old. And um, fast forward, life went on, but it wasn't the best of life. Um, first of all, I had issues from my childhood that I never dealt with as far as molestation and other things like that that I've never dealt with. And uh, after having this miscarriage and, you know, not feeling valued, I um, just started living a reckless lifestyle. And What I mean by reckless is I was smoking cigarettes. I was smoking weed every day. I was drinking so much. I was sleeping with every Tom, Dick, and Harry that you could think of. So it was a very reckless life. I like looking at it now, I even say to myself, like, how am I even still here alive in the land of the living? It was like really that, that, that. And I remember at this point in my life, I was still attending church every single Sunday. And when you, or the kind of churches that I went to, uh, they kind of beat you up and make you feel guilty and sad and depressed. So like, you know, they would always preach about the sinner. So if you do this, you're going to hell. If you do that, you're going to hell. If this happened, you're going to hell. You're a bad person. You're a horrible person. And these are the messages, honestly speaking, that I would get from the pulpit every Sunday. So even though church is a place for you to, uh, quote unquote, hell, it became a place of um, detriment for me at the time and, and the specific place where I was going to. So 
you know, I'm living my life. I'm doing, I'm, I'm still working. So at this time I'm working, I had a good job, you know, had my own apartment, was taking care of myself, um, in spite of, uh, the craziness or the chaos that was going on in my life. And, you know, at this time, like I said, I was still going to this church that's like beating you up in the head every day. Didn't have a great relationship with my mom or I didn't really have a support system um, at that time to begin with, really. Not, you know, maybe a few friends, but not, you know, like a really solid, like, girl, let's get your life together type of um, relationship with people at that time. So, I remember um, one day I went to church and I I was feeling down that day. I really was. And um, one of my, a a woman, I consider her my mama. She's like another mother to me. She saw that I just wasn't doing well that day. And it was actually that day in that church service that I said, you know what? I don't even want to be here no more because... I was already feeling down. I went to the church service and they beat me down so bad. And not really me individually, but how the structure, the sermons, you know, is just a beat down. Like they make you feel like you are like a low down, dirty piece of worthless crap sitting on the street somewhere. It's, it's that bad, you know. And a lot of times, you know. When if you don't have a strong sense of self about you, like that will break you hearing that Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, it will break you. And I think it's really the strong that survive. (laughs) It really is, honestly speaking. So that day I sat in church and I said, you know what? I don't want to be here no more. So I had already had the intent that when I left that church service, I was just going to go home and I was just going to end it all. Why? because of everything that was already going on, issues that I had never dealt with. And then I think at the time, like this guy I was dealing with that my mom didn't like, like we had just went through something again and I was just through. And at this time in my life, I didn't have anybody to talk to because everyone was so judgmental. So I couldn't talk to my mom. I couldn't talk to this person. I couldn't talk to that person because everybody around me was so was so judgmental. So it's like if I went to them and told them X, Y, and Z, they'd have been like, oh, well, he bad for you anyway. Or I would not have gotten support, you know, um, and I wasn't in a place where I could just talk, just be um, with someone, you know, that I could, I could talk to. So I said, you know what, I don't want to be bothered. So my mom, not my mom, mom, but my mama, the mama is a name I use for people that are close to me, like a mom. She noticed that I wasn't well. So she made sure she took me home, made sure I was home safe. Then she left. And I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that she knew that something wasn't right, you know? So that's when I was home. She left. I picked up the phone. I called my coworker. I said, Sean, if I don't come to work tomorrow, I'm dead. Like, that's it. Um, I'm dead. So I remember I took the pills. I don't even remember which pills I took, but I took some pills and gathered them all up. Matter of fact, I think one of them, no, it wasn't. I gathered up a bunch of pills. I took the pills, 
And I don't know when I came to the reasoning, but I said, girl, go get yourself to the hospital. You don't want to die today. <laughs> so I got up. I went to Montefiore Hospital, which was probably about, um, I don't remember how I got there. I don't know if I walked. I don't know if I took the bus, but walking distance is probably a 10 minute walk, taking a bus, maybe five minutes, um, probably two minutes. Matter of fact, I went to the hospital. They made me drink a bunch of charcoal. Um, I forgot how much, but it was a lot. I had to drink a lot of charcoal to like clear my system of it all. And then I was admitted. So I, I was admitted to the, um, I think I just stayed in a psyche ER overnight. I don't think they admitted me to like the psych floor, but I was there. And I remember, you know, my mom came, my father came and my mom was just like, oh, you did this because you're letting the devil use you. You're not following God and blah, blah, blah. So this whole church mentality just effed me up. You know, it just really screwed me over. And, you know, my father came and he was more supportive, like, you know, trying to comfort me, trying to console me. And that was very well appreciated. So from there, I started therapy. And this is kind of where the story is going to end. Um, I just kind of wanted to tell you, like, before suicide and my attempt and what happened immediately after. So I just started about of therapy and this therapy, um, it wasn't like a one-time thing. Like it was, it was several bouts of therapy. So I started therapy or probably stopped. So I was basically on and off until I did a therapy, uh, back in 2010. And it was a very specific therapy for women that were victims of abuse. So I made this attempt in 2001. I was on and off in therapy from 2001 to 2010. And that therapy was very, it was a very good therapy for me. I, I could definitely get more into that at another time. And, um, you know, it, it worked. And of course, moving forward is some things that I had to work out within myself after therapy, which was, which was a good thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a good place today and I don't regret my experiences, but, um, but you know what? I'm, I'm just glad that I'm here. I'm, uh, and that's all I can say. I'm glad that I'm here. I'm glad that I'm the person that I am today. I'm glad that I'm, I'm not depressed, <laughs> you know, and I, I have created my support system. I have, you know, a better self-confidence, better self-worth. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm good. And I still continue to help other people. So when I was going through this time, I was working in social services from like since 1999, still going through my nonsense while still helping other people. And up until this day, I still do the same work. Uh, I just recently became a life coach because if I could do this on a professional level, level, I can do this on a personal level, which has always been a goal and a dream of mine. If I ever get out of my nonsense, I'll help somebody else and I'll use my lessons as uh, a way to help others because I'm not, I didn't go through all that I went through for no reason. Like if it wasn't meant for me to be here, I would either A, took myself out or those negative behaviors that I was engaging in would have took me out, you know? So I'm here for a reason. I'm here to serve women, moms, um, whether it may be, but women that have unresolved issues that they haven't solved. Because guess what? Unresolved issues are going to lead to depression. 
And if you don't get help for the depression, guess what? It's going to lead to suicide. So it's a method to everything. And you really have to kind of get down to it. And sometimes, yes, it requires professional help, whether you get a therapist, whether you get a coach, but a coach is not a therapist. Um, you have to get help for what you need, you know, to get better. And, you know, it's going to take time. It's going to take work. It may take blood, sweat and tears, but it's possible. So I just want to be a motivation to you. Um, thank you for listening to my story. Once again, I am Bernadette Henry, and I am a mental health and an emotional wellness coach. And I help busy working moms by providing courses and one-on-one and, and, -on -one and group sessions. So if you want to know more about me, be sure to check out my website at BernadetteTHenry.com. Once again, BernadetteTHenry.com. I have an ebook there, 10 Ways to Manage Stress as a Busy Working Mom, and it gives you a few tools and strategies of managing stress. I also offer um, discovery calls. So if you want to speak to me about a specific issue that you're going through and want some pointers, I can definitely listen to you and you know give you a few pointers to start you out with. And then later on, if you want to develop a strategy session where we have a working relationship for three months, you know, we can definitely do that. But I am here to help you. I know what it is not to have a support system. I know what it is to have maybe a very little support system, but we can, but you can make it through. You can definitely make it through. I made it through. You can make it through. So that's all I want to talk about today. I hope that you learned something. And like I said, feel free to reach me at my website, BernadetteTHenry.com. Um, or you can go to my Instagram, BernadetteTHenry.com. And I look forward to speaking with you and hopefully working with you. Thank you.